Please remain standing and let us pray that God the Holy Ghost would come in great power this day to open our hearts to the good news of our salvation in Jesus Christ. And the angel said to Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Glory to God who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Each year in the midst of the great solemnity of this holy season of Lent falls the feast of the Annunciation of our Lord Jesus Christ. The conception in time of the timeless Son of God. It may seem somehow contrary to us that this great feast, this great celebration of the coming of Emmanuel, God with us, falls in the midst of this season when we prepare to walk with him through his passion and to his death, to turn from our sin and to walk with him to his death that we might have life, that as he is risen, we shall be raised. And yet, I would argue that it's quite appropriate to celebrate this feast in the midst of such a solemn season. Because it was for our sake and for our salvation that the Son of God came into the world. He came to deliver us from sin and death. Mary represents for us all of Israel awaiting the promise of God, the longing of Israel for redemption, for the promise of God, for the promise of God's word spoken through the prophets to be fulfilled. Israel looked to be redeemed. Israel looked to be delivered to be delivered from bondage and from sin and death. Though once freed from Egypt by the mighty hand of God and led safely on dry land through the waters of the Red Sea into the wilderness, so Israel, along with all of mankind, still remained in one sense in Egypt, in bondage to the kingdom of darkness, and to sin and death. And so Israel longed for the promise of God to be fulfilled, longed for redemption, and Mary represents Israel's longing for the fulfillment of the promise of God. How we can relate to her. Have you ever in your own life, in your own walk through this world, through the wilderness, longed for redemption, longed for the promises of God, longed to be delivered from that 
which holds you in captivity. Have you ever cried out to God for deliverance from the deep wounds that you have borne in your life? Or from the darkness which seems to have enveloped you? Or from your own fallenness, brokenness? The lure of temptation, the sting and darkness of sin. Have you ever cried out in fear for your own life? If you looked to be delivered from your God, by your God, from that which ails you, from betrayal, from unforgiveness, from hardness of heart, from pride, from hypocrisy, from self-conceit, from self-loathing, have you ever longed to be delivered? I have, and either you have, or you're deceiving yourself. We have all longed to be delivered, to receive the promise of God, and our hearts waited on him. But Mary also represents here not only Israel longing for deliverance, longing for the promises of God, but she represents all of fallen humanity waiting for salvation. This is why, and I hope I'm not offending anyone, this is why the doctrine in one particular church, I won't mention it, which church it is, but it has its headquarters in Rome, teaches that Mary was conceived without sin. And yet one of the great dangers of this doctrine, besides that it is not biblical nor is it patristic, is that it loses sight of the fact that Mary represents all the fallen humanity longing for redemption, groaning to be delivered. She represents a humanity that is willing to say yes to God in the midst of this fallen world. A humanity that says, unlike our first mother, Eve, who said no to God, a humanity from the depths of this world crying out, yes, oh God, yes. A humanity that longs to exchange disobedience for obedience. Darkness for light, death for life, fallenness for redemption, bondage for deliverance. Mary represents this, but she also represents a third group, and that is she prefigures the church of Christ who, though fallen and broken, 
says yes to God and receives the power of the Holy Spirit in order to conceive Christ, to bear him forth into the world. God uses a fallen and broken people. How often I've cried out to God, Lord, I am so hypocritical. My hypocrisy haunts me. I'm so, so broken, so fallen. And yet, because we have found favor with God, despite our hypocrisy and our fallenness, our brokenness, our sinfulness, our frailty, we have a worth and a value and a dignity. We are enveloped no longer by sin, but overshadowed and enveloped by the Holy Ghost. I looked up the word overshadowed, for Mary was overshadowed by the power of the Most High. And in its archaic use, it means to be protected, to be enveloped. And so despite our human frailty, we are enveloped by God who protects us and has favor upon us. And so Mary represents us, the fallen, the broken, the sinful, the struggling, the stumbling, the hypocritical, saying, yes, Lord. Yes to thy mercy. Yes to thy forgiveness. Yes. Yes. And so Mary represents us. And although she is afraid, she says yes to God. How easy it has been in my life to say yes to God when I'm not afraid. But as soon as I am fearful, I want to run back to those things that are familiar to me and to hold on to them. I want to flee from God because I become afraid. But the angel says, Do not be afraid. For you have found favor with God. Not because you were worthy of it, not because you have earned it, but simply because God loves you has he found favor with you. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you, and he loves me. And so we need not be afraid. We need not run in fear. As the apostles did after the crucifixion of Christ, hiding away in fear. The doors locked, it says, for fear of the Jews. It was fear that was holding them captive. But the doors were locked, not from the outside, but from the inside. And so often we are like them. We hide because of fear. And we lock the doors to our own 
cells. Why am I locked away? Because you have hid inside and have locked the door. Trust in the word of God brought to the angel. Do not be afraid. And so Mary, even in the midst of her fear, believed in the word of God that she need not be afraid. Secondly, in the, things, in the midst of things she could not possibly understand. How often I am willing to say yes to God as long as I understand. Lord, I'll follow you anywhere you lead. Please submit the plans to me in triplicate by Friday. I'll take a look at them over the weekend, and I'll get back to you on Monday. And as long as I understand the plan and it seems okay to me, I'll get right on it. First thing, Monday, after coffee. No, in the midst of things she could not possibly understand, Mary, a model for us, the church, surrenders to God. One of the things the Lord has taught me is to be able to say, yes, Lord, I surrender to thee, even though I don't understand. How easy it is to say, this couldn't possibly be the will of God. Think of Joseph, who has a dream. It is revealed to him that all of his brothers would bow down before him and that he would be a mighty instrument of God to be, bring redemption and healing to God's people. And then he is bound. He is sold by those same brothers into slavery. And how he must have thought, this is not of God. My brothers are of the devil. This is not God's will. This is not what he's revealed. This is not how I understood it. And yet, their hearts were hardened that the will of God might be fulfilled. And he was taken and bound. And by being bound, the people of God would be set free. And in Joseph, we see a foreshadowing of Christ, who by being bound, sets us free. And so even in the midst of things she did not understand, Mary said yes to God. This is the call of Lent. For us, not to hide away in fear, but to trust in the word of God, not to be afraid, and to walk according to the word of God. Mary had to choose the world or the word. And this leads to the third point. Even with her life in danger, how often I've been able to say, yes, God, until it seems that following the Lord puts me in an uncomfortable position or fear for my life, where someone may ridicule me, or where, where I may not be understood, or called out of my comfort zone, or even have to suffer for the kingdom. You all remember the story of when I was feeling called here, over eight years ago now. 
And I said, Lord, you couldn't possibly be calling me out there. That's outside my deanery. I would no longer be dean. And the Lord said, oh, that's right. Oh, my goodness, I forgot about that. You would no longer be dean. That's so important to my whole calling for you in your life. And then Jesus said, how long must I be with you? Just like the apostles. I'll be handed over, spit upon, beaten, suffering, finally crucified. Do you have any questions? Yes, Lord. Which one of us is the greatest? And yet Mary, even in the midst of a threat to her life, following the word of God would mean that she might most likely be stoned to death. She says yes to God. She submits to the word of God over the world. And how easy it would have been her to choose the world, fear, rather than the word. How easy it would have been for her to choose the world because she didn't understand God's plan than to choose the word. How easy it would have been to choose the world because her life was in danger than to choose the word. How easy it is for us to choose the world over the word. This is the call of Lent. To turn away from the world through repentance and to embrace the word of God. And so Mary, in the midst of things, in the midst of her fear, in the midst of things she did not understand, even with her life being in danger, she submits to the word of God. And she says, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to thy word. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to the word. In the midst of my fears, I am still the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to his word. In the midst of things I cannot understand, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to his word. In the midst of dangers to my own life, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to his word. And then, and then, the Holy Spirit was free to move within her in a powerful way. And we hear those words, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And later, for with God, nothing will be impossible. If we, like her, surrender to the word of God, if we choose the word over the world, the word over our fears, the word over our need for understanding, the word over our life, then the Holy Spirit shall fall upon us. And the power of the Most High God will overshadow, will envelop us. 
and we shall conceive in a new and wonderful way within us the word of God himself, our Lord Jesus Christ, that we may bear him into the world. And we will no longer be persons of the world or persons that are moving away from the world and choosing the word. We will be persons who bear the word into the world. No longer moving away from the world towards the word, we'll be bearers of the word into the world. Where there is fear, we shall bear the word of God. Where there is lack of understanding, we shall bear the word of God. Where there is suffering and death, we shall bear the word of God. In a culture that is radically moving away from the love and mercy and truth and goodness and forgiveness of, of God offered in Jesus Christ, we shall be there to proclaim the word of God. That comes from the power of the Most High God overshadowing us. See, we often think that the church is just about moving from sin, the world, to life, the word of God. But it's more than that. It's not just turning around and facing the right direction. It's about being empowered by the Holy Spirit to bring the word into the world. Into the world. And so if we surrender, the Holy Spirit shall be free to move in us. And we will conceive Christ Jesus in the power of his word within us and bear forth life and salvation into the world. That's our calling. Not only to turn away from the world towards the word, but to swallow the word and then bring it out into the world. And we cannot do that without surrendering to God. And so... The call to the church family on this day, the Feast of the Annunciation in the midst of Lent, is this. Choose the word over the world. You're afraid. I know because I'm often afraid. But choose the word. You don't understand, I know. I don't understand all the ways of our God. But choose the word. Sometimes this will threaten our lives. It will mean big changes. It will mean letting go of a lot of things. I know. But choose the word. For in doing so, the power of the Most High shall come upon us and we shall conceive within us the word of God. And we shall be not only people that are redeemed in order that we might live, we shall be bearers of the word of God in this world that others might live. That is our mission. And guess what? It's being delivered to people as fallen and broken and hypocritical, and sinful, and frail, as you and me. Thanks be to God, because it's not our strength that will accomplish this, but his. 
we need only to say with Mary, in the midst of all these things, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be unto me according to his word. Amen.